brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that supports life and family. 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite charity. Mention offer code TRADITION for a special Christmas offer. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. I recently came across this speech given by Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre 45 years ago, almost 46 years ago. He gave this on the Feast of St. Joseph in March of 1978 during the middle part of Lent of that year. Here he's addressing the need of his Society of St. Pius X in the crisis of the church as it existed at that time, a crisis which has only gotten worse and more obvious in, in all of our faces than it had been even then. And that's saying something because in the 1970s, in the 1980s, many of the innovations that would have shocked the consciences of many Catholics at that time that we now take for granted were being unfurled. That's when we saw the changing in how communion was distributed. That's how we saw changing who could be at the altar. Some of the absolutely most atrocious homilies given and some of the most atrocious hymns that we now roll our eyes at were all instituted at that time. And, of course, that says nothing about the changes in doctrine and the changes on how the church views itself to other self-described Christian groups, which is what he really addresses here in this homily. His concern is, of course, on ecumenism, something that we kind of take for granted now, but most sensible Catholics groan when they see it. After all, our Lord says pretty clearly to the apostles that he who hears you hears me, and he who doesn't hear you does not hear me. If the bishops of our church are the successors of the apostles with a direct line to them, there's a lot of implications for that. It makes one wonder, why is ecumenical dialogue even being attempted? I'll let you ponder that question yourself. Here is Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre on the Feast of St. Joseph in 1978. Letter to Friends and Benefactors of Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, 1978. Dear Friends and Benefactors, Providence has allowed this painful crisis in the church for our sanctification, and in order to give more brightness to the pure gold of its doctrine and its means of redemption. This passion of the church is a great mystery, for it reaches chiefly its hierarchy, its scholars, who seem to no longer know who they are and the reasons of their being appointed. Satan, the father of lies, as our Lord Jesus calls him, has the extraordinary talent of finding out some words, to which he assigns a new meaning, so that from their ambiguity he achieves acceptance of the destructive falsehood which overthrows the best established societies. He found it in this ecumenism of the council, which has created an ecumenical liturgy, an ecumenical Bible, and an ecumenical catechism, uniting truth and falsehood, marrying the true and the false." The most disastrous result of this marriage is the Catholic Protestant Mass, the poisoned source afterwards yielding countless ravages, the relinquishment of the Church, of the true faith, sacrileges, tearing of the unity of the Church, proliferation of diverse sorts of creeds unworthy of the Church. But there exists a consequence of which one does not often enough ponder on. It is the destruction of Catholic nations, which no longer find in the Holy Mass the source of political unity based on the unity of the Catholic faith. Therefore, the Catholic nation hereafter must, in like manner, convert itself to an ecumenical state, pluralistic, very soon finding itself secularized and neutral, if not atheistic. The ecumenical mass leads logically to apostasy. One cannot serve two masters. One cannot nourish oneself indifferently from truth or falsehood. It is falsehood that flatters our evil inclinations, which will prevail over truth, which is more austere and more demanding. 
one must at all costs remain bound to truth without mingling. Pope Pius IX vigorously denounced these liberal Catholics who believe they can unite falsehood and truth, good and evil, in order to please their contemporary fellowmen. Whether this poisoned ecumenism reaches us through the hierarchy or not, this channel is not important. It is a poison that one must refuse to swallow. It is a matter of strict obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ, to the Church of all times, to all the successors of Peter. We will therefore keep the Catholic liturgy, the Catholic Bible, and catechism. And it is for this reason that we must have Catholic priests and Catholic seminarians, Catholic monks, nuns, active and contemplative. The Catholic Church will not perish. Each one at his time in the church must endeavor to remain Catholic and to maintain the Catholic Church. It is upon this resolution and its realization that we will be judged by our Divine Lord. Dear friends and benefactors, we owe to your prayers and to your generosity that we have been able to achieve the priestly society of St. Pius X with its 40 priests, soon to be 56, its three seminaries, including 150 seminarians, its brothers, its nuns, and its oblates. We are about to acquire the buildings required for our American and German seminaries. We hope to establish a college seminary in Germany and one in France, a home for spiritual exercises in northern Italy, the beginning of a great seminary in Argentina, as well as a priory in Madrid. Besides, the numerous vocations for the Carmel oblige us to provide help to the Carmel Foundation and soon to the Cistercian Monastery. Contemplative homes are necessary for the holiness of the Church. They will remain so inasmuch as they preserve their holy traditions. You can address your correspondence to these foundations. For the Carmelites, to the Maison Saint Pietatesseresnes, and for the Cistercians, to Notre Dame de Pontet. The complete addresses are indicated below. Through their listing, you can realize our needs. We pray during this month of March, our great jo patron, St. Joseph, that he create new benefactors, and we thank him for his paternal concern toward us. We have no debts, and we do not capitalize. What is given to us serves without delay to the edification of the church and to its real renovation. We wish for our homes to be centers of fervor, of piety, of fraternal welcome, chiefly for the priests who wish to share the spiritual life and the apostolate of our priests. We also gladly welcome vocations of brothers who are auxiliaries of our priests and lay associates who unite their prayers and works to the members of the society. Like future priests, they may contact superiors of districts and priories who will introduce them to the houses of formation. In this world which ignores its Savior and Master, Jesus Christ, it is more than ever necessary that generous souls make themselves his heralds, through speech, example, and practice. Each destroyed altar, each closing parish or chapel, means a victory for the devil and results in lost souls. Let your prayers and sacrifices intervene with our Lord Jesus through the intercession of the Immaculate Virgin. Let them not cease but increase the preaching of Jesus Christ crucified. May God bless you. By Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, given on the Feast of St. Joseph in March of 1978. I'm curious, what do you think about that homily? Let me know in the comments. If he was addressing soon-to-be-ordained priests, um, it's interesting seeing some of the information given in that. By now, the SSPX have many more priories than they were talking about there, more seminaries than they were talking about there, and many hundreds of times more priests than that. They have something like 800 priests or some number like that in the world now, and hundreds of seminarians at any given time. In fact, their vocations issue is not a lack of vocations. It's almost a too bountiful of a harvest for them to handle with the resources that they have. All the while maintaining their strategy of the kinds of resources they have that will protect them from the encroachments of modernist Rome, which they have been tangoing with for decades now, even during times where there were popes who were much better objectively than the one we have now. 
because even those better popes treated the SSPX like they were somehow not Catholic and treating those they were engaged with in ecumenical dialogue with as if they were better Catholics than these holy Catholic priests. Something to remember when we talk about the crisis in the church. I'm curious what you have to say about that also. Let me know in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps enormously as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.